powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Ladies and gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Uh, welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg on a night where the Winnipeg Jets lose 4-2 to to the New Jersey Devils. Uh, we got lots to talk about here tonight. Um, obviously, coming off of last game uh, against Columbus, it was a, you know, the Columbus game was a bit of a, uh, sorry to swear so early, but a bit of a clusterfuck. And at this point in the season, it just seems like the Jets needed to make some changes. And Rick Bonus agreed with that. And tonight we got a lot of changes. He said he wanted to switch up how the lines were going to be. Uh, he wanted to switch up the power play, as we saw last game where the Jets went one for seven on their power plays and uh, as well as 0 for three on the five on threes. Uh, so tonight uh, we did get some new lines. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the game uh, again. Tough loss. I think the Jets played decently well, but again, a couple mistakes cost them late in the game. A little too nonchalant. But regardless, we're going to get into all that. We're going to talk about it. But first, want to bet. Then get in on the action at Sports Interaction. Uh, the boys of the boys of summer are back on the diamond, and March Madness is on deck. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com/sdpn, or in Ontario, download the app now using the QR code at the bottom of the screen. Nineteen plus. Please play responsibly. All righty, guys. Oh man, where to even start tonight? Um, as I said, uh, Rick Bonus thought the the effort the other night, uh, as well as just in general how the team played against the Columbus Blue Jackets was unacceptable. Uh, I would have to concur. If you were here in the chat uh, last game, you know that Liss and I had a bit of an aneurysm trying to dissect that game. Uh, and tonight, I'm actually not as upset about this game as you may think. Um, although I am upset about some of the calls in the third, which again, we'll, we'll dive into all that. Um, but I think that Rick bonus decided to, you know, Rick bonus deciding to make a change to the lineup, uh, was a good thing. I think that it was kind of needed as he's kind of, you know, he's, he's been mis you know, mixing things are up in the top six, you know, putting, uh, trying Perfetti with Dubois and Connor, as well as moving Ehlers around, seeing what really works. Uh, in that top six, and for a while now, it's gotten a little bit stale, and the Jets haven't been playing great as of late. Uh, obviously, case in point, the Columbus game. Um, so tonight, we get some very different lines, which when they got tweeted out, uh, I think I think rightfully so, everyone kind of freaked out a little bit, uh, or at least got, you know, a little panicky. Uh, we're a little confused at, at this lineup. Uh, of course, the lines were uh, Connor, Dubois, and Saku Menelainen. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Cole Perfetti, Mark Shifley, and uh, Mason Appleton. That's kind of a, a trio we've kind of already seen. Or we may have already seen that actually with uh, with Connor on that uh, instead of uh, Perfetti. But we've seen Shifley play with Appleton earlier in the season prior to Appleton getting uh, hurt. So I wasn't too, too surprised to see those guys together. And then drop down to the third line, we have Nikolai Ehlers. Uh, with uh, Adam Lowry and Blake Wheeler. And then finally, of course, Morgan Barron drops down to that fourth line, plays with Kevin Stenlin as well as Carson Kuhlman, who draws back into the lineup uh, for Sam Gagne. And uh, let's let's talk about those lines. I think that that's... Actually, before we, before we break down those lines, I think we should just talk about kind of how the game went. 
Uh, I'm just going to give you kind of my thought process as uh, each period goes. It's just the easiest way to kind of block it out. Uh, start of the game. Um, Jets get outshot in the first period, um, although I wasn't too, too worried. Um, they, I thought that they came out playing pretty hard. Um, one of the things I will say about the, this, the, this set of lineup, it felt like there was almost always someone uh, who would, or it felt like every line was playing pretty decently. They weren't, the Jets weren't getting a ton of, of really good chances. However, um, however, they played really hard and I thought and they didn't allow a lot. Again, the sh like I said, shots were 10 to six for the, the Devils. But uh, if you look at the expected goal stuff, uh, it was pretty much even. The Jets created a decent amount of chances. We had Cole Perfetti making a couple nice uh, plays. As well as, of course, in the first period, we have a couple goals by the Jets, as well as one against. Um, you know, the the first goal, the Perfetti goal, just in the perfect spot. Uh, Neil Pionk fires a shot from the point. Uh, Mark Scheifele gets a little tip on it. Rebound pops out right to Perfetti. Great. Perfect. Fantastic. Right, right, Just as you draw it up, this is the textbook type of play uh, the Jets want to be creating their offense off of. Um, or the, what they've kind of modeled their offense off of is, you know, getting a lot of shots on from the point creating chaos in front, and uh, hopefully puck bounces out to you and you get to put it in an open net. Um, but even past that, again, later on, Neil Pionk rips an absolute shot. Or, sorry, not, not sorry, before we, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Uh, <laughs> my first issue, 19 seconds after the Cole Perfetti goal, the Dubois line uh, unfortunately allows, or was it the Dubois line? No, it was not, I apologize. It was, uh, it was a weird, like, Connor, Dubois, and Wheeler line. They like to put this out to try and, you know, mix things up every now and then. Um, and Wheeler kind of gets caught in no man's land on this one, I thought. And uh, unfortunately, Nate Schmidt, while trying to block the pass, unfortunately puts the puck in his own net. Uh, regardless, I think if that would have got over across to Thomas Tatar, I think he probably would have done the exact same thing as Nate Schmidt. Um, but regardless, it is a 1-1 hockey game. And, uh, you know, the thing that they teach you playing hockey when you're growing up, the biggest thing, you cannot allow a goal to shift after you get you score a goal. Um, unfortunately, the Jets fail on that one. Uh, so again, 1-1 hockey. And then, like I said before, uh, Neil Pionk rips an absolute blast from the shot. A nice little play. Uh, Shifley brings it into the zone, does a nice little cutback. You know, has the wherewithal to see that Dylan's alone at the point, passes it up to him. He brings it across to Pionk, and uh, he rips a shot in front. Uh, Mason Appleton, uh, a fantastic screen by him. Like, that that goal, uh, you know, he's not going to get an assist on it, but that's the type of assist uh, that you get, uh, you know, it doesn't count for anything, but I think the coach should, uh, you know, give him a little pat on the back for that one because that goal doesn't happen without him, in my opinion. Um, but like I said, first period, a bit, bit back and forth. Um, the Jets did de decent to capitalize on their chances, but uh, also at the same time, there were times with, you know, Kevin Stenlin where he got a, a nice pass across from uh, Carson Kuhlman. Uh, unfortunately, gets a stick lifted. But the Jets were, like I said, the Jets were creating. I was actually pretty happy with the first period, uh, despite one of the lines uh, that the Jets had not playing too, too well. But again, we'll jump into that soon, I'm sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty decent. Uh, I cannot complain about the first period whatsoever. Uh, jumping into the second period, first 10 minutes of that period were actually, I thought, really, really good. The Jets, um, for for the first time in a while now, I felt like I was able to sit back and go, the Jets are actually playing pretty good defense right now. Um, they weren't allowing uh, a lot of high-quality shots. Again, we're talking about the first 10 minutes of the second period. Um, I, I thought that they were pretty good uh, until... All hell breaks loose, and this is kind of when uh, the Jets 
get put on their back feet a little bit. And I find that when when other teams start to take it to the Jets, they start to crumble. And this is where, you know, their mistakes all come from. Um, luckily, though, they escaped the second period without any goals against. Uh, <laughs> the Devils hit, what, like three posts that period? Um, so there were, there were, like I said, a ton of chances that definitely could have gone in. Um, but again, you look at, at the end of that period, the Jets are still up 2-1. You look at the expected goals, like pretty even. Like again, I actually looking at it right now on Money Puck, uh, it looks like it was almost exactly even at right at this point in the game. Um, so again, I gotta say for the Jets, despite how everything kind of um you know was built up in the second period, there were a lot of chances that the Devils got in the second half. Um, I thought the Jets did decently to, you know, bring it back against them uh, and do pretty well. Um, obviously, I believe there was a power play in that uh, in the second period there, and uh, we're going to touch on the power play because, of course, we got new power play lines as well. Um, but again, second period, not too bad. But uh, like I said, they finished off the second period just barely getting through it. So I really was hoping uh, in the third period we would see the Jets come out uh, and really put their foot down again. This is uh, They're playing against a New Jersey team. New Jersey is... Very good. They're a good team. They're one of the one of the top teams in the East. Um, obviously, we know they had a ton of success early on in the season, and they've continued it throughout the rest of the season. Um, but they played last night, so you gotta hope. You gotta hope they they play last night. They travel. They they're back in New Jersey. Uh, you gotta hope that the Jets can make uh, make some hay while the other team is probably a little more tired than you are. The Jets again. They didn't have a morning practice today. Uh, they haven't, they were, they skated uh, yesterday and again, haven't played since uh, the, the brutal game against Columbus. So, uh, so you should, ex- you should hope that the Jets is going to, are going to be the sharper, uh, harder playing team in, in the third period. You would hope that their effort um, would, would carry them through this again. They're entering the third period with a, with a, uh, with a lead um, and starting off the, the third period, the first two shifts, really good, really good after those first two shifts. Not great, <laughs> to say the least. Not great. Um, but like I said, um, New Jersey was pushing, pushing, pushing. And then basically what exactly ends up happening here is the Jets kind of get just a little... They just loosen up. They get a little too loose for, I don't know, what, five minutes when they score? Like, how how far apart were those goals? They scored at... Let me see. Where is the time on this goal? Uh, four, 14.58... Uh, remaining in the third and the other one was 1307 uh so again two minutes just two minutes is all it takes against this devil's team and i gotta say uh i'm pretty sure we do have a couple devil's people here in the chat um i saw mentioning earlier on uh, i gotta say your team man <laughs> wow they're fast quit uh, i almost said quinn hughes sorry guys sorry guys not yet maybe you guys might get him soon but wow jack hughes every time i watch him he is lights out that guy is so dynamic so fast uh you guys got a good one i'm very happy for you guys um but uh not happy when i'm playing you guys because he is a uh as a monster but um again continuing on through that third period the 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 big issue is for two minutes the jets have a complete lapse in in defense uh the first one happens when uh you know pierre luc dubois is on with uh kyle connor as well as saku manalainen uh, the puck gets shot kind of down low, and Metalinen ends up being the guy who's covering the slot. However, if you watch this this goal, um, 
It was created from a pass that came out from behind the net, which is, uh, again, going to happen again in a moment. We'll talk about it. Um, and Saku Manalainen is just not covering anyone. He is standing there. He's staring at the puck. How many times, how many times, guys, how many times on this broadcast have I come to you guys and just been like, the Jets got scored on because they were staring at the puck, not covering their men. Um, and again, this is just a complete lapse in error. I, I, we'll, we'll talk about that line in a minute because we have to. Um, they were bad tonight, very bad. Uh, but like I said, we'll we'll get to it. Um, it and it and this all kind of started with just a poor pla- passing play in in the offensive zone. Uh, Kyle Connor and Pierre Luc Dubois are making these tight little passes that don't really put the puck into open space and uh again the devils are a fast team they're able to get their sticks in the way very easily uh on the jets it it, tonight definitely seemed like a night where the jets didn't have a lot of space um so again having two players in close tight together uh trying to make little passes that are that aren't really doing anything to you know open up space and uh progress towards the net again they get caught on this and that's what kind of starts the play going back to their end and it finishes off with a defensive lapse uh, by Sacramento line in the slot, and uh, and Zetterland is the the lucky uh, the lucky winner of the goal. Uh, this one goes in off the post, I believe. So uh, you guys got one back there finally uh, after the three posts in the uh, in the second period. But uh, but this goal kind of felt inevitable. Again, like I said, the the Devils were really pushing against the Jets. Um, and like I said. Two minutes later, not even two minutes later, um, the Jets, or, sorry, the Devils score once again on a create uh, on a play created behind the net. This one was a little bit more intricate, and uh, as much as I love Josh Morrissey, I think he's got to wear the goat horns on this one. Uh, puck gets dumped into the to the left corner. Dylan Demello goes in with the first uh, four checker. He's the the Devils player is able to uh, grab the puck, and as he's going behind the net, he cycles it back to the corner. Uh, Adam Lowry takes his man, goes into the corner as well. And Josh Morrissey, instead of stopping up in front of the net, again, the issue is in front of the net, always, always for the Jets. Uh, whenever their defensive lapses happen, it's always something in the slot that someone is not covering. Um, Josh Morrissey, I guess, maybe just thought that the puck was going to go behind the net again. So he ch- kind of cheats and goes under the goal line. But right now, you're sitting here and you've got... Lowry in the left, uh, in the left corner, fighting, you know, fighting that battle with the guy. Unfortunately, he loses. Um, again, below the below the red line, you have Josh Morrissey coming in below the red line, and then also Dylan DeMello, who was just covering his man, and rightfully so, is is below the goal line. Um, makes a nice pass out front. Miles would, you know, he's gonna take those every day. Uh, puts that one home, and uh, yeah, just not great by the Jets. And then we get to some shenaniganery uh, in the uh, in the final what was it ten minutes of the uh, of the game where New Jersey first takes a penalty. Um, this one, you know, Sawyer, Kevin Sawyer, you know, if there's any Devils fans listening, we have a, a color uh, commentator, uh, Kevin Sawyer. He often just kind of frequently on it on the broadcast he'll just sit there and go you know i i I, you know you should let the guys play let the guys play blah 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 this and that um you know brendan Dillon was lucky to get this penalty called in our favor i will i think i'll admit that um but it also made sense because you know whoever it was in front i can't remember who actually took the penalty for uh new jersey you know gives 
Brendan Dillon a cross check. He gives one back. Uh, and then the, the Devils player gives another cross check and kind of trips Brendan Dillon up. Again, as soon as the guy goes goes down, that's usually when the uh, the refs will call it. Um, but I think the refs internally had a bit of a, ooh, that might have been soft. And that kind of dictates what happens in the next little bit. Uh, the power play gets going again. We'll talk about the power play after we're still finishing up breaking down the game. Um, and there is a a moment where there's the the Devils are able to get the puck against the boards in the offensive zone. They're they're playing hard to try and just waste the time. Everyone's kind of digging at it, and Nikolai Ehlers is standing there. You know, he's trying to get his stick in. He's trying to play, and uh, I be- I believe it was Miles Wood again. I correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I'm awful with remembering the players, and I I was in such a fit of rage that I uh, did not note it down. Uh, you know, gives Ehlers a bit of a cross check. Ehlers turns around, looks at him, is like, what the f- man? Like, I don't have the puck. Uh, he gets another cross check from him. Uh, or sorry, a bit of a softer one. I wouldn't call this one necessarily a cross check, but definitely a shove. And then he gets another cross check. And then on top of that, he just comes in and just absolutely hook pitchforks uh, uh, Nikolai Ehlers' skate out from under him. Unfortunately, this was happening right in front of the referee. No call. Nothing. And again... I want to be clear here. This is not the reason the Jets lost. It's just a nitpicky thing. And it's just a... I just wish that we had some consistency in this league. Um, And speaking on consistency, like I said, um, (laughs) right after this, almost the exact same style of play happens. It's the the second PP on now. uh, Sorry, it's after the power play is done. Uh, Morgan Barron ends up uh, (laughs) in the corner... Kind of fighting with Dougie Hamilton. Dougie Hamilton gives him a bit of a shove. Uh, and then Barron turns around, gives him a cross check. And Dougie Hamilton just goes flying. Which, again, I'm not going to say if he dove or not. I don't think he did. I think he just got pushed hard. Barron's a big, strong guy. I, I believe that that was not you know a dive or anything like that. However, uh, this one gets called, apparently. Again, one cross check. And hey, oh, would you look at that? It just happens to even up the penalties. Uh brutal call by the ref like again it's all about consistency I don't care if you're gonna take the you know the old school mind of let the boys play uh or if you're gonna say call the rule book as it is uh regardless consistency that's all we ask for and again this exact thing happened right before right in your face with Nikolai Ehlers no call again and it's a game where the Jets are trying to get back into it it is what it is. We'll move on from that. Sacramento line and draws another penalty uh, on the PK. Um, isn't that whatever? The Jets, unfortunately, try pushing. They don't get what they need. And uh, it's just a little too late. Dawson Mercer just puts one in to ice the game. It is a 4-2 win for the New Jersey Devils. Um Alrighty, before we hop into this, we are going to, uh, I'm going to take a look into the chat here and have a sip of water. Uh, let's see. Oh, Noah Laforte, our, our game over MVP of the chat every time. Uh, coming in with quotes from post-game scrums. Helly says he would be ready for tomorrow if his number is called. Uh, again, we have another game tomorrow against the uh, the Rangers. So I would not be surprised. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Helly play just because he kind of is coming off of that uh, he had that illness um, and hasn't played too, too much since after the All-Star break. So uh, it would be really interesting to see how he does 
uh, if he were to play the back-to-back, but I wouldn't be too surprised to see if they go with Riddick just because, you know, you want to make sure your goal is good for the playoffs. Uh, others, other quotes here, quotes from the coach, uh, uh, qu- quotes from the coach, turnovers were self-inflicted, not because of the devil's skill. I agree and I disagree. I think I think you do have to give some credit to the Devils. They did play really well tonight uh, and played really hard on the on the Jets. But at the same time, uh, I do also completely agree. The turnovers were self-inflicted. There were a lot of just poor passing plays, trying to make passes that just didn't make sense. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, and then to continue on with the um, with the quotes from the coach, uh, haven't made a decision on who starts tomorrow. So we'll we'll see what it is. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, sorry, just a moment. I didn't end up taking my sip of water. <sighs> okay. All right. So, uh, so yeah. And then, uh, as we look into the chat here, <laughs> uh, Dave Smith, better question. Why is Saku Mel- melatonin, melanin <laughs> on the ice with Dubois and Connor? All righty guys. We got to talk about those lines. Um, I will say this. I will say this again, just to repeat the, or did I already say them? I think I already said them, but yeah. Connor, Dubois, Menelainen, uh, Profetti, Shifley, Appleton, Ehlers, Lowry, Wheeler, and Baron, Stenland, and Kuhlman. On the, <laughs> the Dubois line. Um, I understand, sorry, just in general, on, on the on the makeup of the lines. I don't completely disagree with the the philosophy behind behind these lines. Um, once again, after last game, something needed to change, and uh, you know we were all kind of speculating on Twitter, trying to see what was going to happen uh, with these lines. Were these lines going to start and then you know get changed after a period? Uh, was this to send a message to the guys? Um, was this a earnest you know let's try this? Um, Regardless, let's treat it like, because, you know, we saw them play these lines pretty much the entire game. Let's treat it like it was an earnest, let's try this. Um, the philosophy behind it is, again, you play your two duos together, your skill guys, and then you get a, a, a grinder, uh, someone who's able to um, work in the corners and try and just get the puck to, uh, to your players. Um, however, in my opinion, I don't think it's necessarily that you need a grinder, but you need someone who's good with at puck possession, who's someone who's able to, again, get you the puck, which is, again, the, the output that you're looking for from the grinder. I'm just saying it doesn't have to be a grinder. It just needs to be someone who's able to, uh, get puck possession and forecheck hard, um, which often is a grinder. Uh, but looking at it here, uh, <laughs> I would not, I would never would never have selected Saku Manalainen to be put on that line with Dubois and uh, and Connor. Uh, again, looking at this, just looking at the the grinder types, I would have much rather Morgan Barron there. I thought I I still think that Morgan Barron has a lot of untapped potential. Um, and you know, barring any sort of trade, I think that he'll be a good piece for the Jets uh, going forward as he continues to mature and get better. Uh, I see him kind of in almost like an Andrew Kopp style. Uh, of player where he's going to develop, be good defensively, play hard, uh, and then can be you know a, a sneaky underrated guy who can get some points and uh, help out in the top six. Um, but alas, we'll get there. Um, so yeah, I, I do not understand the reasoning of putting Sakuman Linen on that line, and uh, you know just taking you know a look at the actual 
output of that line. If you go to Money Puck right now and you sort by uh, forward lines for the Jets, uh, <laughs> the Connor Dubois Menelainen line is sitting at a cool 8.75% expected goals. They did not have a shot until the third period. Two periods, two periods straight where they played and they did not get anything. And even just looking at the time on ice, that was the second highest, uh, you know, looking at five on five play, they had the second highest time on ice. Obviously, the Perfetti Shifley Appleton line, which we'll talk about in a moment, um, which is kind of the other side of this coin. Um, they had the Perfetti line had uh, had 12 minutes on ice and the Dubois metal line and Connor line had seven minutes and 56 seconds uh, on the ice again, all at five V five. It is what it is. Um, that line was awful tonight. Um, and I don't think that we can pin the blame only on Saku Menelainen. While I don't think that he did anything to help that line, we got to start giving some criticism to to Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, if you want to take the, the side of Menelainen is a bit of an anchor for that line, I definitely saw moments tonight where uh, Kyle Connor was trying to create something and Madeleineen just wasn't as dynamic, wasn't moving enough, and you could see that Kyle Connor was looking for something and just didn't find anything. Um, but at the same time tonight, like I said, going back to that one, the the third goal that um, New Jersey scored, they're just not making great passes. They're not something's off. When that when those two got put together, uh, Dubois kind of helped get. Kyle Connor going this year because um, prior to that he was having a lot of trouble scoring um, and I think that they've done well playing together but recently it just seems like the effort isn't really there as much it just doesn't seem like the output is there the execution isn't really there um, I think that if you're gonna play Dubois and Connor together I I think that they're a case where you can go all right you can put a guy like Nick Ehlers with them you can put a guy um, who's who's got some speed who can play with those guys because I think that they work well in a three-person system um, whereas when you know Dubois and Connor just kind of have to shoulder the load and have a passenger with them um, it just doesn't work and especially with Sacramento like it was it was bad um, and you know if you've if you've tuned in before you know you'll know that I think that Sacramento line shouldn't even be in the lineup right now I'd much rather I as much as I don't really love Coolman, I'd love to have. I would much prefer to have Coolman in the lineup. I'd much have prefer to have uh, Sam Gagne in the lineup. I'd much prefer to have Axel Janssen Fialbi if he were called up. I'd rather have uh, Jansen Harkins. There are so many players on this team who I think deserve to play on it bet more than Saku Manalainen. Um, But again, Saku Manalainen pro provides a lot of value on the well, a lot uh, of value. Um, on the PK. Uh, like that's where he is good. And, and don't get me wrong. And again, he, he's a good PKer. Like I, you have to admit that like he is a good PKer, but he, he, that's all he does. And the way the league is going right now, you need to have four lines who can play at five V five. Um, and again, I think that the jets are much, much better off with a, uh, you know, uh, Stenland, AJF, Coolman, Baron, Gagne, whoever, uh, on that third, on that fourth line, uh, other than Sacramento Linen, but especially in the top six, you should never, never be seeing uh, Sacramento Linen in your top six. Uh, moving on, though, the Profetti Shifley Appleton line was fantastic tonight. Um, they created everything for the Jets. I found, um, you know, both the goals that the Jets scored come from that line. 
man, I really love Perfetti with uh with Mark Shifley. I think that they are a great duo. Um, if you can find the right guy to play on their right, uh, I I think that that's a, a fantastic line that you don't need to really touch, in my opinion. Um, the guy who needs to play on the right though has to be a guy with speed because you know when when we look back at Wheeler playing on that line. The biggest frustration was they just didn't have enough speed. Uh, Perfetti isn't the most fleet of foot guy, so I think Appleton. You know, if you're gonna play the 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 duos with you know a bit of a grindier guy, I think that Appleton is the right guy to play with those guys. And I wouldn't be, uh, you know, I I'd be happy to see them play again. Uh, I think they need to do something to fix the uh, Dubois line as well as the Lowry line, which we can get into now as well. Uh, <laughs> Lowry, Ehlers, Wheeler. This was just a weird line. It just felt like nothing really was being created a ton. There were times where they were a little bit dangerous, but it felt like just one or two passes didn't. Uh, like they, the everything up to a certain point was working out, and then one or two passes would just not really work out. Guys would be crisp when they should be crossing. Uh, so it didn't really work, I found. Um, and then, you know, say what you will about the fourth line. Baron, Stenland, Kuhlman. That's a good... That's a that's a good fourth line. You know, if if Lowry if if the Jets don't add a guy to bump Lowry down in the lineup, uh and you know, they only add on the wings, if you end up with Baron Stenlin Kuhlman on your fourth line, totally fine with me. Uh, I know there's a lot of people who aren't a big fan of of Carson Kuhlman, but uh I think in the bottom 6 he provides some value. Uh but it is what it is. All right. Uh one final check of the chat. Uh do do and have another sip. From Christopher Ward in the chat, NJ pounced uh, quickly on shifts after goals. Winnipeg did the opposite. I completely agree. That that was definitely one of the issues, and it just felt like there wasn't enough of a response from the Jets. Um, too casual. I you know I, I I don't always love praising Scott Billick because sometimes he has some some tough takes, but he had a, a tweet tonight that basically just said uh, too casual. The Jets you know were way too casual on. Uh, I don't have the tweet in front of me, unfortunately. Uh, but too casual, no response to the goal against, and then they get scored on again, and no response until after you know the emotion gets kind of elevated in the last 10 minutes of the game. But it is what it is. It was rough. Um, one final thing I want to touch on from the game, of course, like I said, we saw a new look power play from the Jets. Uh, Rick Bonus said after last game he wanted to switch up those lines. Um and tonight we definitely got some different power plays, that's for sure. Uh, so what I'm going to consider is the first power play, just because uh, they started, as well as I think they have more of the firepower on it. But this is they're they're both pretty evenly uh, evenly spread out. Um, you have Pierre Luc Dubois in front. Jeez, uh, uh, sorry, I'm blanking out. Uh, Nick Ehlers playing the left side flank, uh, doing his usual stuff. Uh, Neil Pionk on the point. Kyle Connor in his one-timer spot and Kevin Stenland in the middle as the kind of the bumper. I thought that that was a, a you know, when they were on the ice, uh, they I thought they did pretty well uh, power play wise. Um, they did create a decent amount in the first, I think it was the first power play, um, whereas later in the game they weren't as good. But all I have to say is thank you, Rick. Thank you, Rick Bonus, for making Nick Ehlers the zone entry guy. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my God! When Nick Ehlers was on Power Play One to start the year, uh, unfortunately, they just kept 
having Cal Connor be the zone entry guy. And tonight you saw you saw how good uh a power play can be when Nick Ehlers is the zone entry guy. It it's almost automatic for him. Either he won, gets pressured at the line, he just chips it past a guy and goes in deep, and he's the fastest guy on the ice. So he's gonna be the first guy into the corner. And then it's essentially a chip and chase but you're guaranteed to have the first guy there. So at very least, you have a guy on the puck, whereas a lot of times before when the Jets were trying to enter the zone, uh, they would enter, they would chip it in, um, and not always did they get a guy into the corner fast enough to uh, to actually challenge on the point, or sorry, challenge um, to try and keep the puck in. And so frequently the, the opposing team would just be able to, you know, rim it out and then you're restarting again. Um, wow, so much better. Uh, I would love to see them go back to the, you know, the initial power play that they tried with Nick Ehlers on it for PP1 back in, you know, when he kind of got back from injury um, and just have him be the zone entry guy and see what happens. Uh, that was the biggest frustration back then was that Kyle Connor was the zone entry guy. Uh, and then we have the other power play now where uh, you have uh, Cole Perfetti who's playing the bumper slot in the middle. Uh, I singled him out first because... Uh, the other two guys were, I felt like, very connected. So you have Josh Morrissey on the point with uh, Nate Schmidt in the one-timer spot on the right, uh, as well as Mark Shifley in his one-timer spot on the left, and uh, and uh, Blake Wheeler playing kind of like a net front uh, goal line kind of spot. Um, I actually really like Blake Wheeler there. If you're going to play him on the power play, I think that's the spot he should be. Um the reason, though, I kind of said those in pairs, though, is that I found on this uh, power play, they really focused on getting some movement because, um, you know, one of the things that apparently Rick Bonus was really, really uh, trying to hammer into the guys um, was the fact that they need more movement on their power play. And I completely agree. Again, I've said it a thousand times on this show. Uh, the Jets do best when they create chaos. Uh, and on their power play, that's why I always am a big proponent of Nick Ehlers, even regardless of the fact that he is, uh, you know, the the best jet forward, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> yeah, so again, with this, with this, you know, second power play unit, they wanted to have a lot of movement. You saw, you know, Shifley and Wheeler switching up spots. You saw uh, both Morrissey and Schmidt switching up spots. So at least there was a little bit of dynamicness uh, to that power play that is frequently very stationary. Um, so I actually really liked it. I, you know, again, I, I think that ha splitting a power play isn't really a good, um, a good thing for success in the future. Um, but I think it is a decent thing to do now, and I think it's important to do now because uh, the Jets did need a shakeup, and right now uh, the Jet the guys need to know that their their spots aren't safe. Like you don't need you you're not automatically on the top line because you're Mark Shifley. Uh, sorry, on the top power play because you're Mark Shifley. You're not automatically on the top power play because you're uh, you know Cole Perfetti because you're Nick Ehlers because you're purely to this that the other thing and i think that through doing this the jets will find what really works for them uh as well as w which players work in which positions um so i think that the switch up was really good uh obviously the the second power play had a couple really good looks uh there was the one in the third period where cole perfetti uh <laughs> had a cody cc-esque uh missed by a mile um that was rough especially to see but uh i actually don't mind perfetti on that bumper spot uh, I think that he would be better served in a spot where he could probably uh, have a bit more influence on the puck and uh, and dish it out and and kind of 
be the the next generation of of the Blake Wheeler on the power play, a guy who can just make crazy passes and have has crazy vision. Um, but I actually don't mind him in the slot there, especially with how they wanted to they they kind of played it. You can see that the forwards are on the left side and deep, uh, and then again the the two defensemen playing uh, the top and the right side. I thought they did really well. So. Um, you know, despite not scoring on the power play, I think that at least this was a step forward. Um, tomorrow we'll probably see the same setup, I would guess. So we'll have uh, more to report on then. So uh, we'll talk tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but other than that, yeah, I mean that's the game. It was it was a pretty uh, pretty tough loss for the Jets. Again, the biggest thing is that they kind of just go to sleep for five minutes every game. Um, I was really hoping to see a full 60 minute effort here. And again, we, we got 55, but you know, you got to play 60 minutes uh, or else you can't win. And uh, despite all of the, you know, all the shenaniganery with all the refs uh, in the final 10 minutes of the game, uh, good teams find a way to win. You got to, you got to figure it out. You got to put the puck in the net or you got to not allow it. Um, and again, I thought that they played pretty well. Their defense was pretty decent tonight. But but alas, I digress. Uh, we'll talk more tomorrow about that. Uh, before I do go there, we're going to do a little more little, little more trade deadline uh, update. Uh, because there was a big, uh, there was a conversation going around on Twitter the other day. Uh, Nick Kiprios came out with an article basically saying that uh, you should keep an eye on, uh, on the Jets in regards to the Timo Meyer watch. Um, <laughs> which, you know, obviously we're all here salivating, you know, just wishing that we could have Timo Meyer on this team. Um, but basically he just said that watch out for them. They're, they're a sneaky team. Um, and at the end of the day, they do hold a bit of a trump card in Cole Perfetti. Um, in all of the, the talk that we've had around Timo Meyer, as you know, as us Jets fans, um, and very interesting to talk about here, of course, considering we were playing the, uh, the New Jersey Devils, who are the other front runners for, uh, for, uh, Timo Meyer, um, Cole Perfetti seems to be a prospect. I feel like that, uh, kind of out, outranks the other prospects that other teams have available. I mean, the, the main team that we've seen bandied about again like i said is the new jersey devils and i just do not see them giving up a simon nemec i uh, nemets nemets nemec I, I can't remember the uh the slovakian uh guy that they took second overall this past year this past year the year before i don't know COVID is completely uh <laughs> i don't remember what year is which year um uh, but he's a, a a great prospect so i i i just don't see them giving him up as well as uh they have luke hughes which i there's absolutely no way they're giving up luke hughes just purely on the brother thing they're potentially going to add quinn hughes if they can at some point so i would be very surprised to see uh, either of those two guys go and then other than that you know it's the next guy they have is alexander holtz who's really good but i uh i'm not sure i just i don't know if he outranks uh cole perfetti and again i i don't want to talk and say you know i i don't want to say that i'm just immediately going to the devils and offering them cole perfetti i think the jets have the assets not on the active roster to get this trade done uh again rudker mcgordy brad lambert uh, Vili Hanola, Dylan's, well, I guess Dylan Sampers on the active lineup. Um, they've got tons of prospects. They've got their picks that they can trade, uh, or at least they still have their first that they can trade. Uh, I see the Jets being able to get this deal done, uh, without having to reach into, uh, the active lineup. But if it, if push comes to shove, uh, 
I wouldn't be surprised to see, uh, or sorry, I, I would be surprised, but, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be too upset. You know, I, this is my question for the chat right now. Would you give up Cole Perfetti in a, uh, a Timo Meyer deal? Um, you know, if, if that's, if that's a deal that comes without any extension, I'm a little, I'm a little more sketchy towards it, but at the end of the day, you still have an asset that even if w without the the extension, like Timo Meyer is such an upgrade on Cole Perfetti. I love Cole Perfetti. I have a Cole Perfetti reverse retro coming in the mail. I should be getting it at some point soon. Uh, I'm not sure <laughs> where it's at at this point, but uh, I love this guy. He is, he is one of my favorite jets easily. Um, but especially if it's a deal that involves an extension, I'll drive him to the airport myself. Like I'll pack his bags. I'll drive him to the airport myself. I, the, I, I just, I just don't think that people realize how good Timo Meyer is uh, and how much he would help the Jets. He's a guy that both, you know, the older fan base uh, and newer fan base, you know, the, the, the eye test guys will love as well as the analytics crowd. He is phenomenal phenomenal uh a fantastic player and uh i'll be honest i don't see them actually trading cole perfetti for timo meyer um if the price gets that high i could see the jets uh you know switching up and going towards the jvr route which uh you know we've always we've heard a ton of recently um but uh, alas it is what it is Anyways, guys, uh, this has been a fun show. Again, tough, tough loss, 4-2 to the Devils, but we are going to run it back again tomorrow night. The Jets have three games in four days. Uh, they are going to be in MSG tomorrow playing the Rangers, where uh, Morgan Barron gets a little bit of a return to home. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see how the Jets bounce back. We'll see if uh, if Connor Hellbuck starts, if Dave Reddick gets the call. Uh, not too sure. Hopefully Nikolai Ehlers is okay. Again, we got no updates just yet. But uh, we'll see what we are doing. Noah Lafort, no chance. I guess this is, I assume this is in in regards to uh, trading Cole Perfetti. Please uh, clarify if um, if I'm if you're talking about whether you think it would happen or if it would be what uh, or if or if it's just in regards to trading uh, Perfetti. Uh, he says no chance unless we are going all in and also getting a Chikorin. Then I would trade anything for both him and Meyer. I don't see the Jets getting both Chikorin and Meyer. Uh, I would love to. Uh, again, this is the year where the Jets really do need to uh, go all in, in my opinion. Uh, the next two years are the, you know, the windows is coming to a close real quick. Uh, getting a Timo Meyer would definitely uh, potentially lengthen that if they're able to get him out on an extension. And even if not, like I said, you should still be trying to acquire him. He's the best player available at the deadline and. Uh, if you can't work out anything in the uh, in the offseason, you can always trade him. Uh, you still retain his rights. And if not, the Jets are one of the few teams that can afford his $10 million qualifying offer if he really wants to go that route. Um, so personally, I think that the Jets are the perfect fit for him uh, just in the fact that they have the assets needed um, as well as they are kind of in a point where they need to go for it now. Uh, and as I was saying last show, uh, why did you trade Br uh, Brian Little's LTIR contract uh, and not put guys on uh, LTIR earlier in the season? It was because they wanted to accumulate cap space. Uh, all for now, so you got to put your chips in at some point. You got to do what you got to do. Anyways, guys, thank you all for tuning in. It has been a blast. Well, like I said, we'll catch you all tomorrow uh against the rangers hope you're having a great long weekend uh i'm certainly enjoying it i'm very excited that i don't have to uh, wake up early on monday but uh it is what it is 
um, have yourselves a great evening. Follow me on Twitter at NHL Chunky. Follow at SDPN Sports. Uh, check out uh, Andrew Berkshire and Adam Wilde did the Hot Wings Challenge after the Leafs game the other night, the Leafs-Habs uh, game. Uh, go check that out. It's pretty funny. And, uh, and, yeah, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thank you all for tuning in. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.